please turn with me to Psalm 106, the 106th Psalm. To give you a little bit of information, this is a historic song. Most of it is taken up with a recounting of some of the events of the history of Israel. And I'd remind you, from the New Testament, we are told that the things that are written aforetime were written for our learning. And the psalmist in this psalm is kind enough to tell us some of the things that we should learn from it. Now, because of the length of this psalm, it is 48 verses, I'm neither going to read all of it, nor will I even attempt to speak on all the individual verses. So we're only going to read down to verse 31 and stop there. If you would, just follow along with me as I read. Praise ye the Lord. O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Amen. Who can utter the mighty acts of the Lord? Who can show forth all his praise? Amen. Blessed are they that keep judgment, and he that doth righteousness at all times. Remember me, O Lord, with the favor that thou bearest unto thy people. O visit me with thy salvation, that I may see the good of thy chosen, that I may rejoice in the gladness of thy nation, that I may glory with thine inheritance. We have sinned with our fathers. We have committed iniquity. We have done wickedly. Our fathers understood not thy wonders in Egypt. They remembered not the multitude of thy mercies, but provoked him at the Red Sea, at the sea, even the Red Sea. Nevertheless, he saved them for his name's sake, that he might make his mighty power to be known. He rebuked the Red Sea also, and it was dried up. So he led them through the depths, as through the wilderness. And he saved them from the hand of him that hated them, and redeemed them from the hand of the enemy. And the waters covered their enemies, there was not one of them left. Then believed they his words, they sang his praise. They soon forgot his works, they waited not for his counsel, but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert. And he gave them their request, but sent leanness into their soul. They envied Moses also in the camp and Aaron, the saint of the Lord. The earth opened and swallowed up Dathan and covered the company of Abiram. And a fire was kindled in their company. The flame burned up the wicked. They made a calf in Horeb and worshiped the molten image. Thus changed they their glory into the similitude of an ox that eateth grass. They forgot God their Savior, which had done great things in Egypt, wondrous works in the land of Ham, and terrible things by the Red Sea. Therefore he said that he would destroy them, had not Moses his chosen stood before him in the, in the breach to turn away his wrath, lest he should destroy them. Yea, they despised the pleasant land, they believed not his word, but murmured in their tents, and hearkened not unto the voice of the Lord. Therefore he lifted up his hand against them to overthrow them in the wilderness, to overthrow their seed also among the nations, and to scatter them in the lands. They joined themselves also unto Baal Peor, and ate the sacrifices of the dead. Thus they provoked him to anger with their inventions, and the plague brake in upon them. Then stood up Phinehas, and executed judgment. Amen. And so the plague was stayed. And that was counted unto him for righteousness unto all generations forevermore. If you want to know the rest of the psalm, it's more descriptions of how they slid back, how they were not faithful, and how he was faithful. It ends with a request for a regathering of Israel and praise to the Lord yet again. So that's what the rest of the psalm has. 
I'm going to tell you a couple easy lessons to find, and then I'm going to show you what those lessons are, and then I'm going to apply them to you. This psalm gives contrasts. This psalm contrasts greatly the mercy and kindness of God, even in judgment, against the unfaithfulness of man, specifically his church. And then it contrasts the average man, even in his church, and the exceptional man in his church. So I'm going to show you some of those things from this account of history. Again, learn from it. It starts out immediately looking at, we have sinned with our fathers. The psalmist owns it immediately as, we have sinned. My people, I have sinned, because we're all in this together. Your church has sinned. He acknowledges the sin of all, even though he doesn't take part in any of the sins he lists here. They all happen in the past, but he owns up to them because of his love of the Lord. He confesses those sins. First of all, look look at what Israel does. Over and over again, you're going to see certain traits. So in verse 7, our fathers understood not thy wonders in Egypt. The result is they get to the Red Sea and they forgot what God already did for them. Yes. Ten plagues already done and then brought out safely with the wealth of Egypt. And they get to the Red Sea and they think, well, God's left us here to die. They forgot him. That was the average person. Yet there was one, at least, who did not, and that was Moses. And he called upon the Lord, and the Lord worked something mighty. That exceptional man, the Lord used to guide his people further and to take care of them. That exceptional man stood out, Moses. So the Lord moved them through the Red Sea, and then he covered their enemies with the waters and destroyed them. In verse 12, then believed they his words, they sang his praise. How long did that last? Verse 13, they soon forgot his works, they waited not for his counsel. Then they started whining about food. They didn't want manna, they wanted quail. You come down to verse 15, 14 tells us, they lusted exceedingly in the wilderness, they tempted God in the desert. Verse 15, he gave them their request. They wanted quail. He said, fine, you can have quail. He gave them their request. He did two things for them. The psalm doesn't list the thing that the old, the other passage lists. The other passage lists, he gave them a plague. And those who lusted, those, the common average person who lusted and wasn't content with God's provision, he gave them a plague and they died. But this verse points out something else. He sent leanness into their soul. Amen. Right. The Lord can give you what you want, even when it's wrong. But he'll give you something else with it. He'll give you judgment. He can take away your happiness. He can take away your full love of him and the peace that you can have. And then we come to another event. They envied Moses also in the camp. You have those who wanted to try and say Moses didn't deserve to have the office, that they should be just as holy. What did God do for Moses, his faithful and exceptional servant? He did a new thing in the earth. He opened the earth and swallowed those men and everything they had. Yet again, you see a contrast. The average people are over here saying, we don't like this. We want it our way. And the exceptional person says, let's do it God's way. How does God reward the exceptional person? Well, in this case, with an exceptional salvation and an exceptional judgment on the wicked. Just keep seeing the contrast. Which side are you going to be on? Let's be easy. Which side will you be on? Will you be average or will you be exceptional? Which do you want? Because over and over again, you will see the exceptional man in God's word is blessed. And the average, 
Well, usually, because the average follows the wrong thing, they're, they're judged. And they have a fire breaking out in the camp as well in verse 18 and burning up the wicked. Verse 19, they made a calf in Horeb and worshipped the molten image. They turned their back on God and they made a molten image of God after all he had done. Now, it's not stated here, but what happened at that event? Yet again, Moses is exalted. He comes back and says, who is on the Lord's side? The exceptional man comes and he executes judgment. I'm, I can't, I can't stop getting there because I have to go back to verse three that keep judgment. Moses kept judgment. That's what made him exceptional. Continuing, they, they just keep, they forgot God in verse 21 again. They forgot the things he had done. They had forgot he was their savior. You know, they despised the pleasant land. They believed not his word in verse 24. They just keep forgetting. They keep not being faithful. They murmur in 25. He lifts up his hand to smite them because they're murmuring and forgetting and complaining. Then they further compound their error in verse 28 by joining to another god, eating the sacrifice of the dead. They provoked him to anger with their inventions and the plague breaking upon them again. And here we have another exceptional man stated. Phinehas. Verse 30. Then stood up Phinehas and executed judgment. Sounds an awful lot like verse 3 that keep judgment. He executed judgment, and so the plague was stayed. But not only did he stop the plague, and it was counted unto him for righteousness unto all generations forevermore. Right. So we have an exceptional man, and how is the exceptional man in God's kingdom rewarded? He's known forevermore, he is blessed forevermore, and everyone in the kingdom got to see it. They all understood it. So let's go back to the beginning again, because this is, this is where if you don't, if you're quick to get to the history, you miss part of the impact of the psalm. Verse 3 through verse 5 is what I want you to take from this psalm, because this is the psalmist's individual prayer. You'll, you'll see in the rest of the psalm, it's we and they. In verses 4 and 5, it's I, the individual psalmist. If you want to know what you should learn from this psalm, verse 3, blessed are they that keep judgment, and he that doth righteousness at all times. Now you can see throughout this psalm, blessings on Israel. The Lord protects them. The Lord watches over them. He delivers them even in their unfaithfulness. But what about those who are not unfaithful? They're blessed completely. For those that keep righteousness, that he that doeth righteousness at all times, Phinehas and Moses, when everyone else is being punished, when everyone else is being judged for their sliding away, they continue to be blessed even in those circumstances. And then verse 4, and this, this right here, can we say this? Can we think this? And I'm sorry that... In order to give you the impact of this and not have to belabor the point, I left these off to the end. But the psalmist gives this entire account. Why does the psalmist give the account of all this history? Because he wants God to put him in a different category. He doesn't want to be like the people of Israel in the rest of the psalm. Remember me, O Lord, with the favor that thou bearest unto thy people. God, show me the love and mercy that comes to your people. Oh, visit me with me with thy salvation. Again, it's individual. The psalmist says, me, please give this to me, that I may see the good of thy chosen. Now, what happened to Israel throughout the psalm? 
they forgot, they forgot, they forgot, they forgot. It just keeps going on. They forgot. But the psalmist wants to see the good of thy chosen. He doesn't want to forget. He doesn't want to lose sight of it. He prays that the Lord will keep it in his sight so that he doesn't fall away from that vision. That I may rejoice in the gladness of thy nation. He wants to rejoice in the gladness of the nation. Well, the nation didn't have gladness at a number of points because they were judged. How can he rejoice in the gladness of the nation? Verse 3 again, he that doeth righteousness at all times. He continues in doing that which is right. And that I may glory with thine inheritance again at the end of verse 5. Well, is there glory in all the times that Israel keeps being judged? No. It's found for the exceptional man within that kingdom, within that church. Brethren, can we have the mindset of the psalmist? Can we desire not to merely be average in the church of God, to have to fall and be picked back up again by the Lord, to be judged until we repent and do what's right again and then are blessed? Or can we be like the exceptional men of this psalm? Can we be those who actually go and do righteousness at all times so that we can enjoy it fully all the time, that we can have that blessing constantly? Can we be like the psalmist here? Can we be like Moses and Phinehas and please the Lord at all times?